0: Welcome back to another episode of Have a Dope Day. I'm your host, Gabriel Lopez, also known as GS Automatic on Instagram. Man, I got Rat, the owner of Fat Cat Tattoo, in here today. What's up, Rat? Thank you for your time. Thank you. So we're going to go through a lot in a little bit of time. So fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a wild ride, boy. So we're going to start with a lot of people don't know, Rat, but you were were a big part of one of the dopest crews in the city, bro. Graffiti-wise, the TLC crew.
1: Oh, thanks.
0: You know, some of the real ones, know. Can you tell me where this whole, your journey doesn't start with tattooing, but it definitely is the most important part of your journey. But where does like sh- your introduction to the streets come into play at in your life?
1: Well, it started when I was probably a junior high, young teenager. Um, we grew up in North Sacramento and uh, had a bunch of friends that were, you know, hooked up in the craft scene. Uh, it's weird because back then there wasn't a lot of them. Yeah. But I had a friend that came from San Jose and he had family in Modesto mm-hmm. and he hooked us up with just this is what's going down over there. Yeah. And from that, we all clicked up, me and a bunch of little stray cats.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, we were all little young kids. Like we had a, we had a friend that was, he was uh, Asian. He was Japanese. We had white kids that were just chilling with us. Yeah, Me and a bunch of my friends were all Hispanic. So it was a little mix of everything.
0: Yeah. And that's, that was hip hop at that time. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was open to everybody. Everybody practiced different elements, different things. And I never seen it because I was just too young, but it seemed like Sacramento had a very rich underground culture of everything. Breaking, graffiti, oh, DJing, yeah. battling, like everything
1: breaking was huge back then yeah, for was. us. Uh, all my friends braked or they were breaking at the time. I myself wasn't into it, but, uh, it was huge, I love to watch it. So
0: yeah, no, it's wild.
1: Yeah. It was that thing breaking when people were breaking, I was always there.
0: Yeah. No, it's intense. And it's like, uh, I seen it for the first time and it blew my mind. I was like, wow, I can understand this You know, it's aggression, but in a positive way.
1: Yeah. It was a good energy release. Just being in the battles or seeing them be, you know, live. It was, that was energy. No,
0: it definitely was. So that's one thing that you can't communicate if you haven't been there and seen it. Yeah. So like if we were to try to break it down right now and explain why it's valuable, shit ain't going to work. You know, you had to be there to see it. If you go to something now, like there's an event called Mighty Four that they do in San Francisco. I went one year And it was mind-blowing. There was people from Japan doing flips off of each other's chests and shit. And it was like acrobatics. And I was like, yo, are we still watching breakdancing? Because this is fucking crazy. Like, what the hell are we doing here?
1: Man, it's evolved.
0: It's evolved, (laughs) yeah. Just like everything else has evolved in here. And, like, as we started talking when we were doing your preparation, I just, I had heard about your your shot before just from the homies because we got similar homies. And, like, I always knew about it, heard about it, but when, You know, I called to check up on who you were and who you, you know, who you knew. Everybody was like, bro, that's a real one right there. That's a good one. And I was like, cool. Feel comfortable making the phone call now? Like, it's tight. And I got even more excited when we started talking about, like, the TOC history and then just your position and graph during that time. So, like, we can go into different memories or we can just, if I could just get you to give me, like, basically an overall review of what graph was like for you during that time, how important it was, how intense you were into it, and what that led to.
1: Well graph is kind of the same way now I I feel except for <clears throat> when I started, um you were doing a lot of racking. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So like paint was expensive and you're only 13 and you're getting an allowance. So um you had to go do what you had to do. Yeah. Um, you weren't getting cool cans either. Like you do now, like Montana's, you were just getting nah. whatever. Yeah. Whatever and Back was then it still. was Kmart, Walmart, lumberjacks, um, old school stores. And you would come out and you'd get your paint and it was all tagging for us. It was. Yeah. Um, of course we loved all the pieces and, you know, getting down on throw ups, but we were more of like a tagging crew. We, we got up.
0: Yeah. And tagging has its own energy then. Oh yeah. Bombing and throw-ups and pieces and burners and productions. Like oh
1: yeah.
0: It's got its own energy. And I think a lot of that, bro, comes from where tagging is done. It's in the street. It's on the street. It's fast paced. You know, like you go into a neighborhood and there's crackheads running around and there's activities, like your senses, you know, take on a new thing versus you're in the yard after 45 minutes and it's kind of it's kind of a lull.
1: Oh yeah. We'd watch videos and we'd go out midday and we'd start bombing on shit, like pieces. everything. That's crazy. We were down, yeah. It was crazy because we, you know, we do the night thing too. But yeah, scribe stickers, anything. Streak, yeah, I feel like you got a everything. Yeah. So where does
0: where does graffiti reach its height for you as a as a crew member and with the with the rest of the fellas? Like, about what age?
1: All right, so we started out really young, and I would say high school. It's when it kind of like hit. Yeah we were starting to make a name for ourselves. Uh, All of us were, you know, tagging back in the days, you'd go to Thursday at market. Yeah. And you'd see all the other riders, and everyone would start to know like, Oh, that's TOC right there. Yeah. Then it became like, well, like I wasn't the most up, but I was, you know, I'd go out do our missions. Yeah. But I became the enforcer. Yeah. yeah. So like people were like, yo, you got to watch that guy. You know, he represents TOC and them fools are kind of, they're about it. yeah. And I mean, I'm banger. not trying to be like a tough guy or whatever, no, but fine, we dude. really had that reputation. Yeah. That's fire. Yeah. So, uh, it, it blew up for us right around then we started, you know, we were battling other crews. We were making trouble. We were throwing parties, you know, we'd let everyone know what's up. Like you're at our party. Yeah. So,
0: you know what I imagine all you guys in like big ass baggy pants, with like backwards hats and shit, listening to like house music and shit. Oh
1: yeah. So that was a huge part. The Janko pants, <laughs> yeah. the backward hat, all that was huge. That's like, awesome. I look at that shit now and I'm like, wow. Like I look at pictures yeah, when I'm yeah. younger. Yeah. Oh man. But you know, what was fresh back then was you'd go to a, uh, there was a place in Art and Fair mall where they'd make hats <clears throat> and oh, everyone really? personalized their hat, like rat T-O-C on yeah, the yeah. shit, and the graph letters and it, you know everyone was like rocking those back in the days.
0: That's fire. Yeah. You know what I uh, uh I want you to share a story before we move into the party section about your experience with all my homies at Alpha Zone oh, before gosh. they were my homies walk me through the whole thing in detail if you so, can.
1: So this story has been brought up plenty of times. Yeah, it has. Um so I am now friends with all those guys <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. To, just, just to just uh, to clarify. clarify. Yeah. No beef, no problems. So um back in the days we uh we knew some guys from e l k yeah yeah, and uh we were just you know we had to enforce, so <laughs> basically uh when we were at the alpha zone years ago, um uh, they were pretty deep, they had a couple of guys there that I didn't know they were unfamiliar faces, yeah. and when you don't know them, you gotta let it be known, like hey I'm rat t o c yeah. uh we we kind of have some beef that we haven't settled, one of your guys, yeah. You know, not to name names, but yeah, dissed one of our pieces or one of our tags, and it's gotta go down. Either it goes down or you guys gotta leave the party. Yeah, and uh to this day, I got a friend that was an ELK that yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah. at the spot. Yeah, he was in their crew yeah. and he still tells everyone
0: is that fucking Todd? Yes, fucking Todd Todd. Yeah, hey, yes. and Todd's no fucking slouch, bro. No, Todd'll throw him with anybody, <laughs> like
1: you know what. What I know of Todd right now, I'm yeah. like, damn, that's crazy. I can't even see you going out like that. Yeah. But he's like, man, you fucking punked
2: me. Yeah. And this I was different like, energy. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah,
1: it is. And I told him straight up, I was like, it wasn't you that I wanted. I wanted your other yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was always telling me like, yeah, that dude was a troublemaker. Wait, who who
0: was it? Tell me oh, who it was. man, I
1: forget. Todd could, would know his name. Oh,
0: fucker. All right. Yeah. I'll ask later. Oh, yeah. So what was the alpha zone for people who don't know who aren't from that time frame? So
1: the alpha zone was a huge... It was like an old, like building, like abandoned building, but everyone threw parties there. So it became like a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the rebels. So they used to dress up with like a greaser. 1950s, oh yeah. Like. yeah, yeah. And
0: yeah. you could watch a YouTube special on that shit of and, like old ditch parties and shit. Yeah. And they yeah, had yeah. house
1: music going yeah. and, um, you know, they brought the girls. Yeah. So it was a mix of rebels and taggers. Yeah. And, you know, everyone trying to hook up, whatever. So uh that's what it was known for, and hella people would go.
0: Yeah, because I heard about that and I was like always thought like, what the fuck is this place? Like, yeah, what the fuck are they talking about?
1: Man, I'm trying to remember that guy's name. It's called Alpha Zone. Yeah,
0: it's good. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. So after that, though, you TLC started throwing their own parties.
1: Yes. No, before that and after. Okay. So we had started throwing the parties in high school. So,
0: and we're talking about house parties,
1: house parties. We started, um, we had rented this place in Natomas in or was off Northgate. Okay. It was like a cabin, but it was like secluded. Yeah. And we'd have to go to like the boy Scouts of America to like, get a, like a lease for that night. Oh shit. And it was huge. It was undercover. It was cuddy. It was like, you could throw a huge party. Like And the
0: boys of Scouts of America had no idea no what idea. you guys were about we're to like, do.
1: That's where the boy Scouts would have their <laughs> yeah, meetings and yeah. they would do camping out there. <laughs> So it was like basically off the river now. Like yeah. I'm sure you can't do nothing there now because it's occupied. Yeah. But, um, we would have huge barn burners, like man, two to 300 people there. Like, and when you're that age, like 18, 17,
2: yeah.
1: you didn't think you'd have a party that lit, but yeah. it was, it was off the hook along with those parties became like, we had, I mean, we had graffiti riders, we yeah. had breakers there, um, People from high school. And then we always brought the gangsters. Yeah, yeah. You know, just from the hood. So it was a huge mix. And everyone would be like, man, fuck T.O.C., those parties. But you got to be careful because you might get fucked up. Yeah, for real. And uh, sometimes they did. There was a couple... There was a couple times people got their ass whipped.
0: Yeah, probably rightfully so. Saying some out of pocket shit, being too drunk.
1: Yeah, I always felt like, man, this is our shit. Don't break it up. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's gonna, it's gonna fuck up our party throwing.
0: Yeah. Nah, and did you guys know like what was the music situation? Like, are we talking about a boom box or speaker no, setup so, or is it DJs? Like
1: So a part of our crew is we had a DJ. Oh, okay. So the guy that came from San Jose. Yeah. Um, he was he was in the crew and Basically, he had been DJing when he started writing. Okay. So he had these turntables and we always pushed him to go, you know, you're doing good. He actually owns his own DJ business now. He does weddings. Really? It's huge. Yeah. Really? They get down. They're like one of the biggest uh, wedding DJ event throwers in SAC.
0: That's wild. And they start off fucking fools up at the party. Oh, (laughs)
1: dude. I mean, we would be in his room. Yeah. Yeah we'd we'd have the break music on and then we'd go with E40 yeah, everything. Yeah, it was just yeah. a little mix of everything but all was hip hop all was hip hop
0: so if you had to put like a time a year on that time frame what what would you call it like what year was that you think that cabin party specifically? Uh,
1: maybe 95 96
0: okay yeah. so at that same time in this city craft was like really popping in the train yards the wall yards the streets, just the freeways. Like it was like the height of that shit. Can you basically just share your remember your remembrance or whatever the fuck? I don't know. Like, what was the day like going to a spot like the ABC wall or even (sighs) did you ever go to that spot on Broadway that runs under the freeway at the end of Broadway?
1: Definitely. So the ABC wall was huge back then. Yeah. Uh, That was probably the biggest spot so a daily routine for us would be, uh, if we went bombing, we would go sp- like check out the stuff we did. Yeah. So we'd at least one or two of us had cars back yeah, then. Yeah. So we would go peep out the stuff we did the night before. Mm-hmm. And then you always went to the ABC wall, see what's cracking. Just like see if someone's cracking, busting yeah. like a fat mural or if there's people out there, um, a lot of times we went out there looking for trouble too.
2: Yeah. yeah. See to who we can,
1: Yeah. See who we can punk or who. Who was out there, and who was going to get you know shit talk to you?
0: Um, oh, better. We,
1: we also did a, um, we also did a lot of hanging out with people too. So we hung out with people from different crews.
0: Yeah,
2: um,
1: we knew a lot of. I don't know. I feel like back in the days, if you was if you were into the game, yeah, you uh you were always at Art and Fair Mall or at downtown gal uh, the plaza. Yeah, uh, girls were always in the scene too. So if you were kicking it out tough, you always had a girl or two with you. Um a lot of other stuff though. You remember
0: ever going to like Dimple Records and shit like that and checking out graph magazines?
1: There was uh Tower Records.
0: Oh, yeah. We That's did that. I
1: mean there was a lot. There was a lot of uh of tattoo magazines too that I looked at, which oh, okay. is crazy. Small yeah. world, like how it all goes hand in hand. But yeah, we would get the uh graph but ma- Let's see, graph books and graph mags were always there.
0: Cause they were like, some of them came out in that time. Yeah. Like stuff that's not around anymore.
1: There wasn't like a lot of them. Yeah, there wasn't there a was. lot. Yeah, there, was a, there couple. was a few. Yeah.
0: I remember even like 10 years ago, bro, there was a spot on fucking when they had Luigi's by the Slice over here by Faces. Mm-hmm. There was a, a bookstore right there and there was a magazine section. And I would go in there and I'd see like clout and all this other oh, shit. Time. And I'd be like, yo, this is wild that this shit is available because just five years before that, you couldn't get that kind of stuff unless you were up on where it was.
1: So back when we started, there was Get a Clue. It's a lot different than it is now.
0: Tell me about Um, it back then.
1: So Get a Clue was basically you walk in there and there's like breakdancing videos going on. Yeah, yeah. It changed locations a couple of times, but it was like, there was mags there. There was videos, like all the graffiti videos you bought from Get a Clue that's wild yeah you can buy caps there you can get sneakers. Well, yeah all that
0: see when I first went in there I was tripping to see all the graph on the walls but they also had like Echo for sale yeah so it was like the beginning of the transition from like high fashion shit
1: yeah that's see, crazy that, store, that, that, that was a store back then but it's changed a lot I think they sold or something I'm not sure So I wonder if I can
0: get find somebody get a clue come
1: on same oh is it oh, what? okay Still the same guy, yeah.
0: but- I'm gonna apply for a job there and be like wait yo you wanna come on my podcast I just want to have a dude <laughs> on my podcast and be like, yo, why did you change, the, bro? The guy yeah, you know the guy? You follow him. Oh, damn. Oh, that's f- what's
1: up. Uh, yeah, that was a huge part of the industry back then. So. Everyone met at Clue. There was like little beefs that started there. And that was the spot.
0: Little kicking spot yeah. on
1: them. Oh, yeah. That's how we were able
0: to get a spot I because that used to be the
1: mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They had a store
1: there. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And that's why they were even before it was there, it was like on on K Street. Yeah, because
0: I remember yeah. one time as a youngster going there with cousins. And then when I went there, it was in the mall. And I was like, am I tripping? Is this the same store? Oh, yeah. Like, they'd
1: literally break out the cardboard when it was on K Street right in front of there. What? Yeah. It was cool.
0: That's wild. Yeah. Where in all of this... No, tattooing starts even while all this is going on.
1: So tattooing is going on. In my story, because yeah. I had a big brother a cousin yeah. that had been doing it at the time in the house, or he started out small. Yeah. You know, he always was an inspiration to me, though, because uh, his art, like, as a kid, like, I would just go to school and draw shit he drew all
0: day. Yeah, yeah. So, Remind me what his name was.
1: Uh, his name is, uh, well, we call him Big Chris. Okay, Big Chris.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Big Chris. Mm-hmm. We're here now with a podcast in fucking yeah.
1: fat cat locations.
0: Yep. Where tell explain that relationship and how that blossomed into a business partnership later on down the road.
1: Okay, so me and Big Chris are cousins technically, yeah. but his mom raised me and his dad.
0: So on the street, you're brothers.
1: We're brothers, yeah. yeah. And you know, my family, he's got two brothers and two sisters. So yeah. we're basically all brothers and sisters. Um, so it started out with a lot of late nights, um, drinking, partying. Watching him tattoo friends in the garage, in the kitchen while mom and dad were at work.
0: Damn, that's wild. Did mom and dad know he was doing that? Yes. Yeah. And they were just like, "Fuck it, run it."
1: You know what? He was like sixteen when he got his neck blasted at a tattoo shop, what? which is unheard of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but back then it was like, "All right, cool," and there wasn't that many shops. So yeah. if you were about it, they'd they'd hook you up. That's um, wild. Yeah, this was
0: sixteen with his neck blasted. So
1: school ended up stopping for him right after. Yeah. Um. You know, he decided, oh, I'm going to take this somewhere because he was like the local, you know, celebrity. He was tattin' everyone out of the hood.
0: Yeah, that fool made a choice. Oh, yeah, (laughs) for sure. He definitely made a choice, huh?
1: Yeah. So then, uh, you know, he had a—he started a family young, kind of dropped out of school, I want to say, uh, around 18. Okay. And then uh, shortly after, started his own tattoo shop, which I was a big part of, too, because— being the little brother, yeah, I always wanted to hang out, kick it. Um, so when I wasn't with my friends, I was with him. Uh, a lot of late nights drinking and just watching him get Learning. Him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So where does the, where does it go from the garage? You said he started his own shop. Was so, that at
1: No. Okay. So that was his own shop. Oh, man. It's been a long time. Forget the name of it.
0: But it was a little spot that he did. But it was
1: a little spot he had it off Sutterville road. Okay. And, uh, he did his thing. Yeah. You know, he stayed open for a while, not too long, but he decided like, Hey, maybe this isn't enough business. I need to, open. I need to go to a real shop, you know? So he made his name and then he started like thinking, well, if I work for a shop, maybe I'll make more money.
0: Do you remember what year this is?
1: God, it has to be 94.
0: Okay. So we're talking pre massive internet push. Pre social media, pre tattoo shows, reality shows like yeah. this is when tattooing was still like an outlaw type thing oh, yeah. or a taboo type, whatever you want So God.
1: he had his start in the industry, and he was like me. So we were the same, like we're yeah. brothers. What the fuck is that noise? He kind of uh, he got his push by being, you know, known on the streets. As yeah, yeah. Like, He'll fuck you up, That's yeah. Chris. Like, <laughs> yeah. They saw when he came driving down the street. Yeah. Uh, he did a lot of dirt, too.
0: This fool was like Debo in the hood. Yeah, like basically.
1: On the yeah. bike and shit. Like, watch out. Yeah. Dude. So everyone knew him from that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess we all had the same kind of drive.
0: yeah. No, and that's that's usually how it goes, right? If everybody's, if you're raising a house with cousins, and you're all raised like little pit bulls, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like when you walk outside, you're still pit bulls, but now you're on the same team. It's a one unit.
1: We were known for the neighborhood boxing matches. There you go. Yeah, in the backyard like, or the yeah, front yard. Front yard. Yeah,
0: you did it in front yard. Well,
1: people didn't walk by the house.
0: Or else you'd <laughs> you would get you, yep. you get called into the square. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll so, fucking box you right now. <laughs> and then he just ended up being a celebrity when he started tatting. So. Everyone. Gangster, was, he yeah. was doing everything. Yeah.
0: So he was able to support himself through yes. tattooing.
1: Yes. But you know, shortly after he had a couple kids. Yeah. And he think I thought he thought maybe it'd be best if I started working at a shop because you know, paying the bills. And yeah. Watching kids, you know, it's a lot of work.
0: It is, and it's it's a whole different dynamic when you're responsible for the rent, the lights, everything else. It's you know being an employee there's a whole lot of safety in that, a whole yes. lot of consistency. And when you're starting a family, that's important.
1: Yeah. Also, when you're young, too, yeah. it's a huge learning yeah, curve. Like, exactly. I'm sure he made mistakes, just like we all do.
0: Yeah. Oh, I definitely made some mistakes, bro. I oh, yeah. In the hard way.
1: Definitely. So, uh, so, then his transition, which I'm always, you know, I followed him throughout his whole career. So, yeah. he was a big inspiration for me. His transition went to Fat Cat, which is now my location, my shop. Um, uh, he started working there, I would say late 94, 95.
0: And remind me who owned it and ran it at the time.
1: At the time it was owned by, um, a guy named Clark and he owned a Harley shop that was right next door. Oh really? Yeah. So he, um, he owned the whole building, but he, his, um, his trade was Harley's. So they did work on them. They sold them. Um, uh, and he also had a a next door neighbor that did Harleys too. There was two Harley shops there. It was weird.
0: Okay. So I want to point something out right here. When you have subcultures that begin before the internet and begin before they were like, cool, they're real subcultures, like in the nineties and shit, these type of things make sense because dudes that wrote Harleys got Got tattoos. Dudes that wrote Harleys don't work on their own shit. Exactly. You know, Like the shit all makes sense. And it was a closed knit community. Yes. And so that's how you build consistent reputation. That's how you build clientele. That's how you build fucking business.
1: Yes. You know? Like Chris, I think Clark started young Yeah, and he was doing the Harley thing and he realized like, maybe I should just pull back from this. Yes. And then he let like Chris and another guy that were working there take over.
0: So they managed it or they were, they were tattooing and managing. They the
1: managed show. it and tattooed.
0: Damn, that's a lot yeah. of work.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Soon after the guy that was working with Chris, uh, he left shops.
0: Oh, so it so, all fell to cousin. So
1: it all fell to Chris. So, yeah. So Clark was basically like, "Hey, you know what? You're you're holding it down over here." Oh, so um, he
0: figured it out though. Yeah, he, he made figured it, work. it out. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it didn't take much time. It was already popping over there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back in the in the early '90s, there wasn't a lot of shops, so everyone knew that shop. If you were from like. Orangevale, yeah, Citrus yeah. Heights. Everyone knew that shop.
0: So how? When did the Harley thing go away from there? When did that stop?
1: It stopped maybe three years after I took over. So it lasted. Oh, it lasted a while.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. What so- happened was, is he decided he wanted to go bigger, so he opened up a huge shop, which is now an aquarium store, I think. Oh, really? In Citrus Heights. Yeah.
0: And did he get out of Harley's altogether? Do you remember?
1: Yeah. So it's a funny story. The guy still talks to my cousin. Really? Yeah. He actually, uh, we just talked recently. He's trying to get back into tattooing. Really? Yeah. And he's like 70 something years old. Yeah. He's old. Um, but you know, maybe his passion's still there. He's retired now. He don't, he don't do nothing.
0: Next time you see him, he's gonna have his face blasted. Oh, dude,
1: he like, was one of those easy rider looking dudes. Damn. He had like a beard down to his waist. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wore. You know, he he looked just like your typical biker.
0: That's dope, bro. Yeah. There's there's a lot more we could talk about with that going. On. Oh Let's yeah, talk, That's fine. Let's keep going though on the story part. A lot part. of stories. With yeah. That shot. <laughs> so, uh, your cousin takes it over. Where do where do you now fit in the food chain as so, he's running things?
1: So I was basically there every day.
0: Okay. Are you, Um, are you still going to school at this
1: time? I'm kind of like dropping out of school. Yeah. So like my career at school wasn't the best or my, my going to school. So like anyone else in the game, um, paying attention in class was really tough. Yeah. For me too. So I'm like always drawing or, you know, doing stickers or just worried about whatever, you know,
0: niggas up. Yes, exactly.
1: What we're going to do tonight, you know, stuff like that. So, uh. School wasn't going that good. I just got my ride, my first ride. So, Do you remember uh, what it was? Uh, I had a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, wait. You guys were into like the, the, the slide cars, cars oh, and, the right, yeah. and the rice car. Yeah, yeah. That's so fire. <laughs> they called them Rice Rockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of our crew members owned like a place where you would work on, uh, you know, on all the race cars. Yeah, yeah. It was in Atomas. And uh, Todd worked for him.
0: Did he really? Yeah.
1: So they were building everything. They were also, you know. It, it There was a lot of dirt that got in yeah, the, there.
0: We'll call them side projects. Oh, yeah. There was side, side projects that were coming in from out of town. Oh, yeah. There getting was rearranged a, mm-hmm. and then dropped off at a dead end street. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know, hey,
1: you feel me on that.
0: Yeah. So when I went to their house for the first time as a youngster and they're like, yeah, we're EOK, this and that. I'm like, there's no furniture in here, but everybody's sitting on like Sparco seats. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yep. What the hell is this? These are like high end racing seats. They're like, yeah, just take a seat. And I'm like. Okay. And then like you go in the garage and it's like, oh yeah, that's a V Tech Motors type, whatever. Oh, this, yeah. Type- you know, this is a left side drive or right hand side drive car. And you're like, I don't even need to ask where this comes from. I'm like, all right.
1: That was a huge part of our career too. Like, so he had this shop and everyone hung out there. Yeah. And then that's how we met Todd, and that's where the story with the ELK. That's was like, crazy. I was there. I didn't even remember.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's wild. That's how small the scene is, though. This yeah. the Sacramento scene is for that stuff. And it seems too like we grew up now, like on my age, other people, my age have the same experiences. Like we seen the beginning of the internet and still knew what it was like to play outside till the lights came on. Like you guys were even further back than that. And so now when you get together, it's like you get to just hash that back out. Like, yo, remember this? Remember that? This was popping. That was popping.
1: That's crazy. The term they don't make them like they used to. Yeah.
0: That's for reals. There you go. Like.
1: We had to be outside. Yeah. Like, we were outside all the time. There was no, like, staying in and playing games. And, I mean, of course, there was, like, Nintendo and stuff. But we're not that old. But yeah, um, you just had to have, like, you. if you had a bike, you were riding it. Yeah. You just did stuff. That's why graffiti was so cool because you're on the street already. Yeah. For me, I was.
0: No, and that's what it did for me, too. I was, like, it was already comfortable Yeah, already. You knew what it was like to just, like you know, ride your bike in traffic and just also like run red lights or whatever. Just, exactly. You just learned little stupid things and it escalates. All right, let's get back on track to the story. So I don't, sorry that I'm going off another oh, direction. No, no, you're good. So do you, are you tattooing at this time mm-hmm. while you're dropping out of high school or where, where's your role at? Like so my
1: role was, is I was drawing a lot okay. and I was hanging out at the shop, but I didn't have a place there. So okay. um, at the time I wasn't employed there. So I just became a hangout and I really started to notice like, man, these guys are cool. I could do that. Like I could do this. Yeah. And so it all came about with my cousin was like, Hey, why don't we just start? Why don't you start working here? You know? And I started out as kind of like, uh, while you're gone doing whatever it is, like, you know, he did a lot of stuff. So, (laughs) uh, I'll watch the guys. And then, after a while he was like, you know what? There's money to be made. You should be making money. Like you're just doing this shit for free. Yeah. Um, I know you like to hang out here, but why don't we just start, you know, just get your foot in the door and we'll do like uh why don't you start learning how to pierce? So I started piercing.
0: Oh, you brought a different aspect into yes. the shop.
1: We had a piercer and, uh, well, there was many piercers that went through there, okay. but they really never stayed.
0: Nothing buildable. Nothing
1: buildable. Yeah. Tattooing was like the main focus there. Yeah. So we'd have a couple of piercers there. And like within months, they would they would do good, but they just never, like they, their career would be like, well, I want to open my own shop. Yeah. Or I want to go to LA and do piercing or just life happened. They had kids or fell off or something. Yeah. So, um, So there was two piercers at the time that were like, all right, fuck, we'll teach them. You know, whatever Chris said, they they yeah, listen yeah. to. Yeah. Uh so I started piercing and I did that for years.
0: Where did where do you even learn piercing at?
1: So at the time there was like no school. That's to go what to. I'm saying. Yeah. These schools are
0: just sticking each other with shit. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: basically what you do is it's called an apprenticeship. And that's how tattooers, you know, how you make tattooers too. Um, uh, so there's no school, but there's a couple of books. There's like maybe a handful of books. So okay, I got the books. I read them. Um, there was no internet back then. Yeah, yeah. So um, now you could see all that stuff on YouTube, but uh, the the lady that was working there, her name was Cindy. She was my mentor, and there was a girl named Jenny that also taught me. Okay. Um, they were they were kind of like all over. Like they learned from a uh, OGS. Cindy learned from this guy named. I forget his name, Mike something. He had been piercing for years. He, yeah. he traveled and was all over the world and he was pretty known.
0: Damn, that's crazy. He made
1: his own jewelry. So he had a big name and Jenny kind of came on board. She was from North Carolina. Okay. So I don't know much about her past, but she was really good at what she did. It was like learning from two different people actually helped me because yeah. there was different, but I learned both styles. And, uh, basically you have a lot of hands on. Yeah. Like, you uh well being an apprentice sucks so for one you have to do all the dirty work so i basically did lunch runs clean the shop um babysat sometimes yeah uh, it's every kid yeah yeah, yeah 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 i set up birthday parties at Chuck E. cheese for him like, yeah. while they're working yes um it was just a lot of dirty work and then uh on top of that like the anxiety of watching someone get pierced or like seeing something oh, you know no okay i off top didn't want to be a piercer i wanted i knew i wanted to be a tattooer yeah but i was like i don't know like this might be the way to get in yeah so um at the time branding they were doing branding and body modification it wasn't a lot at the shot like there was never like a, a big calling for that yeah but it was stuff i was like damn i gotta learn how to brand someone what the hell does that even mean? Like a, like a cow? Like a cattle, yeah. So Whoa. Like in college, it was it was uh, super like, um, like all the um, college You got to
0: get guys. a We Are Sacramento brand if you want to be down. Yeah. Sh- Mario's got to get it. That a lot. That's wild.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm going like, to like that. It's going to steam yeah. like when it's burning. Oh. Like, it's going to be cringy. Yeah. So thank God we didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it was a part, it was all stuff you got to learn. And, uh, basically one day we're chilling at the shop and I got my friends there and I kind of just got thrown to the fire. Like the piercers yeah. called out and my cousin was like, just do it. Yeah. Like do this piercing, show them you could do it and make some money. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So I just started. And then from that point on, I became like the main piercer. They left and I've worked there for 10 plus years doing piercing.
0: And you brought a whole different consistent aspect to it. Oh, yeah. And you had mentioned something to me that I thought was super valuable that at this point in your career, now we fast forward to this year, you have pierced multiple generations in the same family. Yes. Because of their personal experience people have had with you, they come back and bring their children. Yes. And be like, here, you know, I got pierced here, this and that. That's wild, bro, but that's valuable.
1: Yep. So... Back in the 90s, my cousin was notorious for his bumper stickers. So he had made a sticker called, We Tattooed Your Mama.
2: That's Fat cat You
1: got to remake that. So <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. So we were like, let's make We Tattooed Your Grandma. Yeah. Oh, because we've nice. tattooed yeah, yeah. grandmas. We've pierced what? grandmas. Like, they're now bringing their granddaughters in. That's crazy. So they were young when we were yeah, doing yeah. it. You know, like, I was maybe 18, 19 doing this. And they were probably in their late 20s. Yeah. And now they got their grandchildren coming in. That's back. crazy. Yeah. I see it all the time. Like, moms will come in and they'll be like, you pierced me when I was 15. And they're like 30-something. Yeah. I'm like, damn.
0: That's crazy. It's a trip. It is. And that, I think that's a good testament to the type of business you guys have been doing for such a long period of time. Like, yeah. so much shit has come and gone in that period of time. Like, you talk about the last 15 years, right? Yeah. Like the way we receive information is completely different. You went from magazines and newspapers to instantly getting it on your phone. And like, if you can break through all that with personal connection with actual people and a reputation to continue to do that, like that says a lot about your company, dude. Yeah. That's, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, it does. It means a lot to me too, because, uh, you know, when I was young, I could have all, I could have easily fucked you yeah. up. You know, yeah. like, it was a lot of responsibility. And, uh, at times I would always like question myself like, man, what the fuck am I, you know? Um, and I really think being young helped me because, uh, unfortunately having that young mentality and running the shop, owning it, it probably made me like not worry so much. Cause now like at my age, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get sued. You know what I mean? Like there's so much shit out there. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it was chill being young. Like I think it, gave me a lot of slack.
0: So let's talk about where you actually got the reins for the business. Like how did that conversation come about? What was the situation that brought that about? And where was the business at, at that time?
1: So business was booming. Okay. We were cracking. like, I remember winning like best place to get your body parts pierced by news and review. Oh, really? Um, and it happened to be that my cousin kind of fell in love with some lady yeah, or some girl who lived, uh, her family was from uh, Jackson. Okay. And so he decided, uh, I think I'm going to take my business to Jackson. It's yeah. small. I always loved to, uh, to be out in, you know, the country because it's country out there. Yeah, yeah. You would be like, damn, why the fuck are you leaving out there? Yeah. But we've always kind of had like a, as kids, we like to go out you know, camping and stuff. Playing big
0: ass fields.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So he thought it would be a good idea. So basically me and him worked out this business plan, Yeah, yeah. you know, and, uh, and he upheld his and I upheld mine. And a year later, I'm the shop owner, you know, things were going good for him. Yeah, His business was booming up there and we were still like, and we had our struggles here and there, but we were busy
0: on every company does bro. Yeah. Especially when you flip a switch like that.
1: Oh yeah. There was times where like I was holding it together by piercing everyone and the tattooers weren't doing the best Yeah. or they were just like not motivated like they used to be. Yeah. Or just life things happen. Yeah. You know, we lose some, we gain some, you know, things always happen. So So our business isn't like the most like, Oh, it's, nine to five and yeah, yeah. you have to have a high or a college degree to get this job and people are going to be here for years. It's a fast paced, a lot of people moving in and out, um, type of business.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about, okay, you come in the next day, it's Monday. Now you're the owner. How is your day different than before when you were just like managing it still, still did a lot of owner stuff, but but you, it wasn't your money yet. Yeah, Because you talk about a whole different dynamic when it's your money, your livelihood, like your shit's on the line.
1: Oh, yeah. So basically taking over was huge. So I did what I could to make the money. So I was busy. I hired guys to work under me. Yeah. So I was like, look, I got way more responsibilities. I got to get these guys working so that I can see, you know, watch over the shop and make sure things are running smooth. Um, Like I said, things weren't always the smoothest, but... For the most part, uh, you just got to get a good crew behind you. Yeah. So like my crew consisted of guys that worked for a long time with me and I could trust them. If I had to go somewhere, I knew I could leave one guy in and charge. And yeah, um, I had a guy that worked with me when I first took over. He was like my, he was like a really good friend of mine. He was a great tattooer and in a lot, he showed me so much. Yeah. He had worked at other shops before he came here. He started here at fat cat, then moved and then came back. Okay. And the stuff he had known when he moved, like he learned a lot of stuff. Yeah. So when he came back, I was all ears. Like, yeah, yo, let's do this to the flash. Flash is the stuff that's on the walls that people choose. Like, oh, look at that school or look at the bluebird. Yeah. Um, look at that um eagle on the wall, you know. Yeah. So we would change the flash to stuff that's trendy.
0: Oh yeah, keeping we'd, up with you the, know, the, yeah. keeping up
1: with the Joneses basically. Yeah. So if tribal was really popular, we'd have a tribal wall. Yeah, you know, and traditional has always been our background. So like, I don't know, a lot of shops are are different, but we all I've always pushed for traditional. I love that type of art. Yeah, and I think
0: a lot of the guys that are the owners of things like this have a very special place in their heart for that stuff. Oh yeah, because it's like. That's the foundation of it. It's like letters and graph, bro.
1: Yep, exactly. You take it away,
0: it's there's not the same anymore.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You have your favorites and then that's what you go off of.
0: So are you still able to execute your craft as the owner or does that slow down? Like what does that do for you executing your own craft?
1: So my own craft slowed down significantly. So within taking over the shop and having that like people working under me, uh-huh. I felt like maybe it was best if I just watched over everything and took a back seat. Yeah. Um, You know, so I ended up just basically just being in there, watching over things.
0: See, and to me, hearing your passion, hearing your just the way you've done things, that doesn't sound like an easy thing or like the first choice.
1: No, it wasn't. So, um, you know, with life came a lot of things. Like I had kids. Yeah. I had other hobbies. But um, at the end of the day, like even with graffiti, like even at work at the shop, like I would draw and then I would do graph letters. Yeah. So it was like hard to stop everything. Yeah. But um, it it helped me because I was able to critique and and I had expectations like, yo, if you can't get down like I do, then we don't need to work here. Yeah. You know, and I held a high, you know, I set the bar pretty high.
0: See, and the other thing I wanted to point out with a little more information from you was when you took over, you're now managing, you're the boss. You're making sure all the things are hitting. How many, how many artists do you have at that point?
1: Oh God, at that time. So when my cousin left at Jackson, I think I had five artists.
0: And are these single guys? Are they family um, dudes? Like what are we, what are we uh, talking about?
1: Back then everyone was pretty much single. Okay. So it was a lot of playing around and single guys. And we had a couple of girls that moved um, in and out of the shop mm. so the piercers were girls and we had a couple female tattoo artists but they didn't stick around long uh basically everyone was like the pirate's life
0: so so that's what i'm saying you have a whole nother full-time yeah. job keeping track of pirates all day long all day long hurting cats you know what i'm saying yeah, <laughs> yeah. so
1: while i'm trying to uphold my family. Yeah. I'm also hanging out with the pirates. Yeah. Too. To make sure and
0: everything's kosher.
1: You gotta keep in mind I'm young. So I'm trying to yeah. kick it. And I'm yeah. trying to, you know what I mean? Like it was like being my age and owning your own business. Yeah. Oh man. So like you couldn't keep me out of a place or I was like I was on cloud nine. Yeah. You know that's that's a whole nother story right there. You know the lifestyle was tough. But yeah, mm-hmm. we had Different artists, all different mentalities, all different lifestyles, and it was pretty high paced fast um,
0: When you say high paced fast you mean like people are tattooing for like long hours at a time or you're yeah, like so, you,
1: so we're trying to tattoo little. we're partying a little bit okay. um, we're going out after work yeah. to the bars yeah um, so then we're repeating that cycle over yeah, yeah, yeah. And over and over yeah. again. So some days we're good, some days we're bad. Um the extra activities like the bars, we did a lot of bar fights.
2: Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So it w- it went down. Yeah. yeah. We were kicked, we were 86 from a bunch of bars out there.
0: As you should be.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's looking great. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's break that open a little bit. The lifestyle of a of a tattoo artist, like then. Okay. Like basically walk me through like a typical story you saw repeated. As somebody's, like, lifestyle.
1: So, basically, as one of the only shops back then, yeah, you were kind of held, like, on another tier. So, um, people came in and they thought, oh, it's Fat Cat. Like, yeah. You're either going to get beat up there, oh, yeah. or you're going to sleep with one of the artists, yeah. or... <laughs> It's weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: beer.
1: <laughs> or you're going to like, um, you're going to have a shitty time yeah. or it's going to be a really great time. You're going to get drunk there yeah. or whatever. Um, and we didn't push for people to drink, but we, you know, there's always been that chill. It's like,
0: the atmosphere. It's the atmosphere. Yeah.
1: So, um, it was a hell of a time. I could say that, um, the partying, we did a lot of partying. Yeah, yeah. So we drank, we chilled. We went out afterwards. There was DUIs involved, fights.
0: Did the police ever stop by often? Because All the then, time. yeah, All So the you time, guys right? became the little spot.
1: Yeah. So we, uh, there's a story where we, um, we ended up. You ever watch? Um, it was what is it? A Bronx Tale. Yeah, yeah. Where the guys go into the bar
0: and they lock the door. Now you can't leave. Yeah, we
1: did that shit. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. really did that shit to people. <laughs> and cops came and we we're like, no. That never happened, (laughs) but yes, it was, it was legit back then.
0: Here's the thing. You really gotta be, you really gotta be out of pocket to piss off pirates. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to just do that easily.
1: No. You got to do some wild ass shit. And then there was some good times. There was like really good times. Like we had kickbacks and everyone chilled and families came and uh, big parties,
0: and this is all, which location is all this?
1: This is all at Fair Oaks.
0: Okay. When, when does the expansion come into play?
1: Oh, years later. So, um, Fair Oaks just, it was cracking. So we were always busy. Yeah. And the expansion happened because we were getting too big. Okay. So, uh, at the time I had maybe seven artists.
0: Okay. Is it, that, is that a lot for a shop?
1: It's a lot because there's six stations. Oh, okay. Okay. So seven artists. Someone's kind of floating around. And then we were getting guest artists. So like a lot of shops nowadays, yeah. they'll get guest artists. What a guest artist is, is like someone from out of town. Okay. That's a visiting family. Yeah, it yeah. used to be they were visiting family. Now guest artists, they're just like, hey, I want to go to SAC. You got a spot for me.
2: Yeah.
1: I'll book up my day. Or if your shop's busy, I'll just do walk-ins. So we got guest artists too. One of our guest artists, he was off of Ink Master's. So oh, okay. he was always bringing on a huge, you know, Yeah. that was a whole nother, whole nother episode too. That, it brought a lot of people around like, yeah. Oh, is he working here? And then we'd get more people wanting to work, you know, too. Yeah. So, um, we decided let's get, let's expand. So well, you I so decided. you had the
0: support to expand.
1: First. Yeah. So yeah. all my artists were like, that's a good idea.
0: Yeah. Before we go into the logistics of expanding, you had said something when we first talked that I wanted to make sure we talked about in the episode. And that was. You've been a haven or a breeding ground for graph writers that have made the transition from doing graffiti to turning tattooing into like a legitimate career. And a lot of these dudes, even if they're not craft writers, but just other people that you've put on, turned around and started other shops Oh yeah, and done some. Of so tell me where. That doesn't sound like a good business model. If you're like a businessman, because now you're yeah. quote unquote creating competition, but it makes sense seeing how you grew up.
1: Yeah. So back in the days also, it wasn't a good idea to have like start something and then have people like branch out. Yeah. Like that was a no, no, no for sure. Yeah. So you didn't want to bring on just anybody or Joe Schmoe, like, or someone that had ideas all the time because yeah. then you'd be opening up with competition. But as years play out, times have changed. Yeah. So- I was actually able to get, I, I, you know, my background was graffiti. So I was able to get two guys from two different crews that didn't even like each other to work with each other.
0: Yeah. There's historic battle beef right there. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: at one point in time, I didn't like either one of the guys either. (laughs) The crews. (laughs) So that's how fucking far things have come. Like now they're, everyone's my boys. Like I love those guys. Like no other, they're like family to me. You know, not only do they make money for me, um, I've watched them grow. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck. Yeah. So it's a trip and everyone in SAC knows like yeah. who they are, what crews yeah, they came definitely. from. So yeah. it's like, Oh shit. Damn. And then not only that, like all the other guys that worked for me, major, major writers. Like, yeah.
0: So we're talking about, can we say, uh, their names? Yeah. On- yeah. Okay. So awesome. So there's minus from End, and and then there's peer from TBK. Yeah. And obviously in the late nineties, there was a big street beef going on with these guys that turned into a battle. I think it was in the Bay area Yes. and it turned into like this whole, they
1: rocked from here all the way to the Bay. Yeah. So it was like this
0: major event in our city's history. Fast forward years later, everybody's an adult. Everybody's got lives. And now these two dudes who are hitters in both these crews and were around at those times now work for me for you in the same space.
1: Yeah. It's a trip because as I was a young business owner, one day I was just like, man, I saw that Minus was trying to yeah. you know, tattoo and yeah. he was working out of little shops and stuff like that. And I had told one of my boys from TOC, yo, get me his number. Yeah. I think I could turn him out. Like, I think Find I him through the grapevine. I think yeah. I can get him going. And like, he's already got a background Yeah, and he's big in Sacramento. So let's do this. Yeah. And so I reached out to him and he was like, let's do it. I'll jump on board. And then years later, Pierre um, I just found out through someone that he was starting to tattoo. Yeah. And he reached out to me like, hey, do you look at my stuff maybe? Yeah. And I thought that was like, oh, shit. And when that happened, the guys never questioned me. Like, I knew they had beef. Yeah. But Minus never was like, yo, don't hire that fool. Or Yeah. They never.
2: It was, weird shit. it was
1: never squashed. Yeah. It was just like, yo, if Rat's going to hire him, then it's cool with me. Yeah. And they worked together for a long time. That's tight. That's crazy. And then so like, uh, TBK guys would come in and I didn't like any of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just because of my attitude Yeah. and, uh, they were all nice as fuck. Like they were all cool.
0: They are. And you meet these fools and you're just like, are you sure that's that fool? Yeah. Like- I'm like,
1: damn, why did I hate that guy? <laughs> yeah. Damn,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I threatened all of them and I don't <laughs> even know why I took it all back. And, uh, big
0: ass with why. the what and D guys. Like <laughs> yeah.
1: I always was like, man. I don't know. But then we ended up, man, those guys are the nicest guys, too. Yeah, I don't even know why yeah. people beef anymore.
0: No, and so one thing that's consistent in both of those dudes, both of those organizations, crews, whatever, they keep building the scene. They're still here building on the scene. And now you have, I don't, wanna, I don't know if it's second or third generation, also working for you at your shop. Yes. And these dudes are turning out to be like the new
1: but head they, generation.
0: They, yeah. yeah. And that's wild.
1: It goes full circle. So now- Years later, minus doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah, um, I still have a great relationship with them. I talk yeah. to him all the time. Peer does. Peer, he moved to Bakersfield, but um, he comes and does guest spots. Okay, periodically, like at least once a month or every other month. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a great relationship too. Like, um, so years later, I'm just at work one day and there's this guy painting what minus. Yeah, and uh, his name was Dos and. He uh, basically was like, Hey, if you guys are hiring an apprentice, I'd love to get on. And so we give him a shot and he's like, he's killing it now. And right after right after that, he brings on a guy. Also, I told you the story about Emer yeah. coming to talk to me yeah. about one of his artists that would be really good fit for me. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh yeah, whatever. His name was Young Runs. Yeah. Well, he's killing the game too.
0: And it only is like, yeah, whatever from Emer, because Emer is Emer. Yes, no disrespect. Yeah, but so I was
1: like, okay, I'll hear him out. But yeah, I'll 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 take like minus or dose to you know tell me who's going to be the good tattooer or whatever. But it it worked out like he's killing the game. Like that guy runs is killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So
0: when you say killing it, what does that mean? He's got people coming in every day. Like elaborate because there's multi layers to this. We talked about this, but I want to make sure homeboy gets his credit. Yeah, definitely.
1: So when I mean killing the game basically he's got people flying out to get tattooed by him so uh i feel like that's a huge accomplishment no, like not it, only yeah. does he like tattoo the local people yeah he has people that like book plane trips from like arizona new york Damn, that's why he has guys flying out from la san diego yeah. um then there's people that make the drive from frisco oakland um you name it they've come yeah um not only is that, like, a big accomplishment, but he also is booked out. Like, he doesn't even take walk-ins. So, like, to get on his calendar, you got to, like, set a schedule up, call him, book through email, Yeah, and he'll put you out, like, a month or two. Um, sometimes that's, you know, it sucks because you you can't just walk in and get tattooed. Yeah. But it shows how much his business has grown.
0: Yeah, and that's him putting in that work, bro. Oh, yeah. That's work to do all that. It takes a lot to establish a brand to maintain that, to execute that, and then continue to do that on a high level becomes science after a while. Not
1: only that, like for me, like I respect them guys like so much because he brings people to me now. Yeah. So now uh, we got buzzed who works for me. Yeah. He's awesome. And, um,
0: shout out to buzz. That's the homie right buzz, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, My bad. I was going to talk about you in the beginning. I forgot.
1: No, it's good. He he'll, he'll love that little shot. Yeah. Um, he also brings artists from like all over the world. Like, we had a guy from Puerto Rico come out. That For was real? Like, yeah. And he what? was dope. His name was Rats Tattoo. How the hell does this fool know somebody from Puerto Rico? Right? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, how the fuck did he know someone named Rats? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my name. Yeah. So it was. It Wait, was did
0: you sh- try to punk the dude from Puerto Rico?
1: No, dude. I, I, <laughs> I'm I just kidding. I know. Love. I'm just kidding. At first I told Rens he better change his name before <laughs> he comes up in here, though. It was hella funny. And we were all laughing. Um, no, he was chill. But we get people all the time like that want to work with him. So our guest artists are coming in left and right.
0: See, and all that starts from graph 10 years ago.
1: Dude, he was a good graph writer. And I was like, he can do graph, but I don't know if he could tattoo. Let's see. Let's put him through the ringer and let's teach him.
0: And we're talking about Buzz? No, runs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So both of them had really good teachers, old school teachers. Oh yeah. So like, I know, bro, Buzz learned from like, when it comes to letters, he learned from the fucking legend himself. Oh yeah. You know, from Wise. And that was another thing I was going to say is that, This, our relationship, mine and Buzz was because I think Wise had mentioned us one time or two times talking to him, to his little cousin, Mm -hmm. you know, and then his little cousin turns out to be a hitter also. Yeah. I see him at a wall and it's like, it was, uh, you know, I already knew about him too. Cause Wise put that in both of our ears and like, now you're sitting here telling us like, that's "That's crap, bro. So Wise used
1: to come in uh, and chill with Minus all the time. So they would paint the back wall. Our shop had a huge back wall that everyone got down on. And, uh. That's how I met Buzzed. He was a hang around. Yeah. And he would always like he inspired to be a tattooer. But we see that shit every day. Yeah. So we're like, okay, yeah, you're gonna be a tattooer. Right. Yeah. And it, it just so happened that he really he flipped down. that script. Yeah. yeah, and he did it. But it takes a lot of work. It just doesn't happen. You know, he he didn't apprentice under us. So he actually had to work for it. Yeah. You know, he did his he did his studying and he he was drawing all the time and and he's going to be great.
0: So let's let's take a side trip from the story of the shop and just, I have a surprise or a little secret I've been holding. I haven't told you yet. You probably might already know too. Buzz is vouching for someone to come on as the apprentice in October in your oh, shop. Yeah. Okay. That's one of my boys too. And yes. we actually, when we had first talked about this conversation, me mm-hmm. and him, I called after I had the first prep conversation with you, I called him and I was like, You're fucked. And he's like, What do you mean? I was like, You are fucked. And he's like, What do you mean? Why? And I was like, Rat's no slouch, fool. This isn't some <laughs> businessman that doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh no. And I just been scaring him the entire time. So if you guys could do me a personal favor and make his apprenticeship a living hell.
1: Oh, dude, we are. That'd be sick. You don't <laughs> yeah, even got to say That's that. the homie right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to happen. I've already got shit lined up for him.
0: Yeah. So And uh, I do want to give some context on what it takes to actually, there's a risk involved in doing this lifestyle because it took a lot for him to get into the company he's leaving now. Yeah. Good benefits, 401k, yada, yada, yada. And- he's been maintaining that job. He just got like a $4 raise, bro. Oh shit. And so we actually, I try to talk him out of this whole thing. And I had called uh, Brent and was like, are these tattoo apprenticeships like hard to come by? Is this an easy thing? He goes, it depends. If you want to go to a real spot, it's not going to be easy, bro. Like this lifestyle is not for everybody. No. And he was like, if your boy is worried about a job security, this isn't the right field for him. And so that, I called back and I was like, I think if you're going to pursue your passion and you're going to walk away from a good job, I think right now is the time for you to do that shit. Yeah. Dude. He he put his notice in, you know, Damn, like even before yeah. that. And so I was like, Oh yeah. Honestly, a part of me tried to talk him out of it just because I saw the 401k, they match all this other security yeah. shit. He was like, fuck all that. Damn. I'm going to go through hell for two years.
1: It, it's a big, uh, you know, like it's a decision. It is. And it's something that you don't take lightly, but Uh, Maybe he sees like where buzzed is or runs is. Yeah. And I always tell people like, don't look at that and be like, oh, that's me.
0: No, it's not. And that's totally different. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like the building blocks are there, you know, because runs and buzz aren't the same type of person. No. So I have a little bit of knowledge of them too, just from being around. He's not the same type like them either, but it's the fact that you can track all their work. You can see where they started, where they came from. That's encouragement. And this fool's, he's already been a ballsy risk taker dude.
1: Yeah. He seems like it. Yeah. So we've talked a bunch of times. He comes by all the time. Yeah. And from what I gather of him, I'm like, okay, look, he looks like he can do it. Uh, We, to get an apprenticeship is really tough. You probably heard that from. So,
0: so explain that to me. Like, why is it tough?
1: Because basically like this art is not like for everyone. Right. Yeah. So, um back, that's what I'm saying. Like when I started, like no one got chances. Like you had to be like, you had to be like damn near like family. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? To get in on it. Um, it's just one of those hidden secret like societies. Yeah. Um, back then now everything's changed a lot, but there are the shops that hold you accountable and that are really good. Like they got a reputation and, those are the the apprenticeships that you have to like take serious. So yeah. like basically you can't go to like a good shop and say, oh, let me in on this. It's not going to happen. You have to show some kind of background. You have to know someone like he knows Buzz. Yeah. So it's something I kind of thought about for a while and we needed someone. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I might fuck with him.
0: Yeah. You and know? just, I'm, you know, I'm not going to talk here off the bottom talking to him or whatever you do, whatever, but like, I can see why he clicks oh, yeah. with the type of people. Yeah. And that was another thing that made me really interested in all of this was I was like, yo, number one, your background in craft. But I was like, this is, you're carrying over the same subculture, the same rules, oh, yeah. same values, you know, like into this. And I think that's something that's inherited, it's passed down. You know, yeah, you got to
1: get your feet dirty for yeah. sure. And it's a lot of like, yeah, you know, it's a tough job. Like um, you're getting shit from 10 yeah. different people yeah. and I have two shops. So you got to work for both. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's 12 people now.
0: Yeah. So happy birthday, fucker. Yeah. You're about to go through it. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: I, I know he's coming down in yeah. October or yeah, something. Yeah. So we're like, all right, we're going to give him this opportunity, but he can't be no. Buster. No, like, he's, he's got to no go bitch. down. Yeah. So we'll we're going to put him through the yeah. ringer. We already have a little special assignment oh, for
0: him. Fuck. You're done, son. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: That's crazy. You guys know each other. Yeah.
0: Well, that's like, honestly, dude, I'll tell you the story after this, but it's, it's deeper than just an acquaintanceship. You know, it's, there's a, there's some meat there. Um, so let's get back to the story. Sorry. We'll get back on topic to the timeline of the shop. You have these newer guys coming in and working on stuff. What is the, if it's already a fast paced industry, how was the social media and like, let's start it off at the reality shows. Okay. We had talked about you seeing a dramatic shift in yes. the acceptance in the acceptance of tattooing when the reality shows came out. Yes. Tell so me about the time slightly before that and then after that.
1: So before all the reality shows, I would say it was before social media too. Yeah. Um, it was uh it was very popular, but you were kind of like the badass if you got tattooed. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, it was still that stigma. Like he's a biker or he's a gangster. Yeah. He went to prison. Yeah. And, uh, it was a lot slower back then. We were like five deep tattooing. Uh, I was the only piercer. If I did have another piercer, it was mostly him working all the time.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and it was a struggle, but we did great. Like we, we made ends meet, but we weren't living lavish. Like, you know, we didn't, we didn't have all the the stuff we have now, you yeah. know? but I would never change that for nothing. Like tattooing's always been good to me.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's where the, that's why you do well now. Your authenticity is there before, during and after.
1: Yeah. I would never change it for anything. Um, but fast forward to after the the shows come out, the shows coming out like Eat Master. So we had a guy that was on Eat Master working for us and fuck, he was popular. Like, uh, people would just come in to see him. Like I would post it on Facebook. He's coming to town. And then people would just like, I haven't seen for years. Oh, is Mark working today? And I'd be like, no. So then, um, they'd come in for him. And then all the like, uh, wasn't even just like tattoo shows. It was more like all the NBA shows and, uh, Oh, basketball yeah, wise, yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah. yeah, all those things kind of sparked it because everyone was getting tattooed on those. All the tattooers or all the basketball players were tattooed. Getting blasted, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really big in sports too, you know. That makes sense. Yeah, and then you had like X Games and stuff yeah. like that. All those guys were blasted.
0: Oh, the X Games fire! I didn't even put that together. Yeah, the Metal Militia fools. Yeah, and fucking, everything. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so it took off, and so that's when we decided, like, man. We're going to run six people, but we ha- we we should have more because, yeah. you know, the industry. The demand is here. Yeah. yeah, the demand. Yeah. So uh, social media, I think, has a big part in it, too, because not only like you can see people with tattoos, but you could see dope tattoos all day long. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was like. Every month you can get a a magazine at Tower Records. Yeah. But now every day you could see 5,000 tattoos that are done. And
0: you could see how the trend is progressing in real time.
1: Yes. So, it's everywhere. Everyone's learning now.
0: How are the artists like Buzz and Runs keeping up with this? What They're, tools are they using? How is the social media game? How important is the social media game into like their everyday booking and Oh man.
1: Business? It, it's pretty big. Uh I'd even go as far as, like, I don't know much about, like, TikTok, but they're even using TikTok. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's stupid. Yeah. That's my point of view, but yeah. it works for them. Like, yeah. I didn't know that shit was that that popping. Yeah, it is. Um, So TikTok's the new thing, I guess. Uh, Instagram's huge. Uh, let's see. It's really big on them and everyone now. Like, everyone I work with, I wouldn't just say them because... Yeah. uh You're getting all the cool shit, like all the new machines, all the new art books, all the new tattooing stuff.
0: like Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're like, you're, you can get it that day, like
0: that week. So let's talk about new machines. What do you mean when you say a machine?
1: So like back in the days, again, like it's come full fledged. Uh, Everyone used the same type of machine, basically coils. And uh, nowadays there's what everyone calls the, the pin. There's like a pin. It looks like a big old dildo. Yeah. And those are, those are like hot. And then there's new machines that are like, even, they're like a mix between a pin and a, and a coil. Oh, like some hybrids stuff. They're like hybrids. Yeah. Those are really trendy right now.
0: And who's manufacturing all this stuff?
1: Oh, well, a lot of artists like that. They oh. make them. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like one thing about being a tattooer is like, you and there's never enough in your life, like you're gonna do dope art, right? yeah, and then you're gonna do dope tattoos and then you're gonna build machines and then you're gonna make the best tattoo flash. So like the life of a tattooer can just go on forever. like you're probably never like happy with what anything is. so
0: and you shouldn't be no, definitely. as an artist, you, you shouldn't be
1: exactly. There's so many gateways and opportunities. Why not just make the best of it?
0: yeah, and so- that that's so. What I imagined before, before the internet and the social media, you build it all word of mouth, yeah. lifestyle, and then you're in the best position possible when social media does come out, because this is already established. Like you're not, all it's doing is widening your your reach now. Yes. And you had said something that made a lot of sense where it's like the X Games, basketball, and then you have these tattoo shows. So that's like, fools that watch the X Games don't necessarily watch basketball. Yes. But they both have tattoos. So you have this like press in society where this shit's accepted on multiple levels. Is there like has there ever been a prejudice with tattoos, like where certain people got them, certain people didn't, and then well, okay, yeah, there is. Oh, I'm answering one question you yeah. said before you were in prison now. Yes. Like, what kind of people are you seeing coming in to get tattoos? Does it blow your mind, like the soccer yeah. moms blasted,
1: did like soccer moms, attorneys, like. Oh man, you would be surprised. So back in the days, like it literally was like the skateboarders, the graffiti kids, the, the gangsters that were getting tattoos. It was real rare. If you saw like your local mom, like from, you know, Trader Joe's come in and get a tattoo. But nowadays it's so mainstream. That's all we do. Like we're doing I mean, it's a, It's a huge birthday gift, like tattoos. Oh, that makes sense. Moms bring their daughters in on their 18th birthday to get like a cute little heart or something. That was unthinkable back then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you'd get punished or you'd, mom would be like, get out of the house. You know, if you got, you came home with a tattoo. Um, Same thing with dads. Like they bring their kids in too. And sometimes they get them together. Like a mom and a dad and a daughter will get like all matching tattoos. Like it's huge. like. That's the thing that the shows brought. The shows brought, like, not only, like, if you watch Kat Von D's show or whatever or Eat Master, there was always a story. Like, yeah yeah this mom came in because her daughter's sick and she got the cancer ribbon or something, you know. And that's what showed the good part of tattooing. So I thought it, I think it brought a lot of people like, oh, that has meaning and it's good, you know, like, tattooers aren't this way, you know. And then the stories were, like, really cool because you listen to it. You really get to know your technique. customer, yeah. yeah.
0: That's what this whole podcast is like based on, too. That's right? why we do the prep work, is to highlight those, like those stories are super valuable, bro.
1: It's good because people need to know, like hey, they do tattoo shops aren't all grimy.
0: Yeah, no, they definitely do. And when it comes to people like you and Brent, and then even Minus and Runs, like you talk about that's the span of like 30 years, bro, and it's the same core group of men or people, would call people, and you call men building yes. staying and like maintaining and so like they set the foundation for the next 30 you know yeah. when you're done with all this like somebody else is going to take it up and like it gets yeah. built person by person block by block and that shit needs to be documented yeah. especially in sacramento bro we sleep on each other so hard out here like
1: exactly like so i think sac has so much to offer it like, does dude in the tattooing game like i feel like we're way underrated like really when, when I was growing up, like yeah. everyone loved Frisco and LA was the place to go, you know, like their tattoo industry was huge. Yeah. And my me, myself, like I went to Frisco all the time as a like teenager to get tattooed by the best. And I feel like, man, we have all that talent here now. Like and yeah. we had it then. It just, you know, we we were just so undercover. And I yeah. feel like the story of tattooing is huge in Sacramento. There's so much, like that's a whole nother podcast.
0: It is. And that's why, that's why instead of like, I had an option where I could reach, I did reach out to Buzz first to see if he would come on and do it. And I think he played it the right way, bro. He was like, nah, you need to talk to Rat. And I was like, if Rat will have me, let's try to figure it out. Took a while to put it together. I'm glad we took our time, but this can be. Like, same way it was person by person, experience yes. by experience, the story's going to have to be told like that, too. Yes. And so I think it is important for, like, we talked about you possibly shooting some more people this way yes. to interview.
1: There's legends out here. That's what I'm saying. Straight like, legends. Like, my cousin's one of them.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, we'll get that popping after all this. And it's just yeah. about, like, mainly taking our time to make sure the story is right. Yeah. You know, and then I purposely waited to put you after we did all this stuff that had hella momentum creatively, the shows, yeah. the beer, you know, right. all this other stuff. So that way you can come out with the most push that I could possibly provide. That's dope. And then you're going to provide your own push with your already standing I thing. I hope so it does. I hope yeah. it does
1: its thing for you.
0: So it's like this whole just battle plan to just push it. That's and we're going to keep running it like that. Super dope. Till Mario decides to, you know, I don't know.
1: You guys got a good thing going here. We man. do. That's no, we real. appreciate you I'm coming by. I'm glad you guys put me on. I'm, I'm grateful.
0: Is there anything else... That you feel like we haven't covered maybe, or things maybe you want to talk about?
1: I mean, everything we kind of went over is huge for me. Yeah. So like it's a lot to like gasp and like there are so many more stories like I wish I could share, but it's there it's probably like hours worth of stuff, you yeah. know. Um, but I just wanna, you know, let everyone know how grateful I am for the position I was put into. Um I probably don't say that enough. Yeah. Um, but It was a struggle at first. You know, I was a young kid, knucklehead, doing stupid shit. Yeah. And uh, now I I look at my brand or my shop and I'm like, fuck, look what I've done. Yeah. Like, my girl tells me all the time, like, man, you know, you should be proud of what you've done. Yeah. And I see people that worked for me that are doing it. And I see people that work for me now that are doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, just grateful for, you know.
0: Playing a part in the story. Playing a part, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the some of the dope things you've been able to do because of tattooing. Now I know you're into cars. Yes. And I know specifically low riders. Yes. Was it always low riders or was it like hot rods? Like where do cars come into play in the timeline?
1: So it's always been cars. So it was rice rockets at first. Oh like, yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then as a child, I love low riders. Yeah, because like, you see them. That was a part of our yeah. you know, our culture. Yeah. So uh growing up in the hood. You've seen them every once in a while. You've seen hydraulics and you're like, damn, that's fresh. Yeah. But you never really thought you could afford it because I come from like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. So everything I have now, I'm like real appreciative. Yeah. Like I never thought any of this would be possible. So like um, I'm one of those guys that's like, I don't take nothing for granted and I worked hard for it. Yeah. You know, I've done my thing. I've done my time and uh, i'm just grateful for everything but the low rider cars and the hot rods those are my favorites
0: what do you what do you have right now
1: so as I a toy a, i have a 64 impala and uh it's my toy it's uh my girl hates it she why cuz it takes I, all time cuz it takes hella time and yeah. it takes hella money yeah but it does yeah. it's just a money pit it is yeah but man i love that thing like she's always like making jokes like you should sell it and i'm like Phew. Get the hell I'm gonna sell yeah, you exactly <laughs> like get out of here. Um, but I'm just one of those guys that like enough is not enough. Like, I want to yeah. do everything I can. Like, I'm changing it's the car was already like done immaculate, yeah. And I just couldn't get enough of it, so I changed everything. That's my fault. uh but yeah, I'm just one of those guys, and I think I'm gonna keep doing that. I actually had a 65 that I sold to uh DOS.
0: Oh, that was a builder too.
1: It was a builder yeah. that I had already kind of completed. Yeah. Like it was ready to go and it was like, it was cool. Yeah. And I wanted more.
0: So That's who bought it. Those bought it. That's yeah, those bought it. Yeah.
1: It stayed in the family. I yeah, guess that's you can say. yeah. So yeah, I like, you know, I can still see it. I still have keys for it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always messing with them. I'm going to take it. Yeah. He
0: just comes out one day. He's like, what the fuck?
1: He's Yeah. And job. then with him, I see the growth. Cause like he started with us. Right. Yeah. And so like you know, it was the slow climb. Like he's now tattooing for about eight years yeah. and now he's got toys. And so that's the stuff I don't take for granted. Like, man, like I got people that have houses and cars and with like, you know, unbelievable toys, like everything. And like that shop created all that.
0: No. And that's, that's one thing that I'm glad you brought up before we got over to this is like when you, I've seen this just from my own experience with the shop I work for. Mm -hmm the owner isn't just worried about his own family. It's about all the families that the people that work for represent. So there's like a lot of people that, that bit that each one of these businesses affect. And it's very important to make sure that like, I think that explains, or that's a good example of why people have to go through an apprenticeship for a long period of time. yeah, Cause you don't just allow somebody access into that. Exactly. You know, and I think it's tight that you guys are still keeping tradition like that. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not like that everywhere, bro. No. And
1: I know it's not, but with us, it really is like when someone's doing bad, we're going to all get together Yeah, like, what can we do to make this better? What, what do we need to do? And that's how I hope it is with, with most people, but it's not, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, what do you think about like, or how are you feeling now that the car's. It's wild because like all the things that used to be bad boy stuff is like yeah. accepted now, and it you're is. like right there to just get it all.
1: It's funny because I was talking to Brent about that recently at this uh, convention. Um, everyone has them now, yeah, and it's like they're hella rare and they're super expensive now, and um, you're you kind of like you you don't want to say the noob guys on the game or like yeah. posers, but yeah. it's like man this stuff's been in our lives forever. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a dream of mine. And then all of a sudden, Joe Schmo down the street thought, oh, it's cool to have an Impala. And they got one, you know? And um, it takes a little bit from the fun because like you got to like want to build it and put it together. And that's your touch that you put on that car. And then if you don't drive it, then that's even worse too. Like it just sits in your garage. Yeah. So uh, that's
0: almost disrespectful. It is. Yeah. So
1: like my thing is like, man, I got to there's something next weekend that I'm trying to go to back to the boulevard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So when this drops that'll have already passed and that's, Uh, that's so this is what I'm saying is like all of its popular culture now.
1: Yeah. That was never around. So like uh, on Cinco de Mayo and the TOC guys, we made sure we hit Broadway. Like that was us. We were out there causing havoc. We were tagging. We were going to Woodland for the cruises out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it wasn't like every day. Now, like every week, there's something new going on. I I like that. I think it's really cool.
0: I do, and I don't. I like it when people like you do it, when we do it. Yes. Chicano people who are actually in the culture from this, from here, who, who can appreciate it. There's other stuff, though, that pops up, and it's like, bro, you clearly just brought those cars in. Because yeah. it was popular. Yeah. You got
1: to have like some kind of foot like yeah. towards it, like. Have some foot equity in the, door. In the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't just go out there because it's the cool thing to do. Yeah. Um. That's, that's somewhat of what we were talking about. Um. I don't appreciate that, but I could see where people are just trying to fit in. Yeah. But I, on the other hand, I'm like, man, Sacramento has grown so much.
0: It has. And that's the other thing, bro. Remember when they didn't build houses out toward Brooklyn? Yeah. Was and, flood I saw, and I like, saw
1: that you can like cruise now and not get pulled over for it. We were always tripping. Like, yeah. they're going to get us. We're yeah. drinking. Uh, we got <laughs> knives or something. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. hot. Like, anything. Yeah. And uh, now it's like, man, it's so accepted.
0: It is. And that, so there's, there's a good and a bad part to that, right? Like, yeah, some people do try to use it just to bring a crowd. But then you have- other people who have like, they're their, their family people, right? Yeah. Like they can actually go out and enjoy a Sunday night cruise without tripping, yeah. with no interruption, Yeah, be home at a decent time. And like, it's just, it's a pastime now. Yeah, And the same way, like they seen other people do it, like their kids are seeing them do it. And I think those, you might not see it right now, how valuable it is, or we might not understand, but like later on down the line, there's going to be a time where that car's actually a hundred years old. Yeah. And it's still rolling in the same family. Yeah. Because of like the stuff that happened now.
1: That's the best. Like yeah. especially now when you hear all like the there's gonna be no gas cars on yeah. the road. And man, if they can't take your old school from nah, you know what I mean? Like bro. that's something that's never gonna go. Yo, away.
0: you can't mimic those lines no. either, bro. You pull up in a, a 64 or an old bomb, or even just like a 50, you know, six yep. Bel Air.
1: That's the best, is man. when you're driving on the freeway and old men are like giving you the thumbs yeah, up or yeah. like people are looking at you like what or i'm at the gas station and some old guy will be like i used to have one of those yeah that's tight that's the best
0: yeah my dad always sees him and he's like i had that same car yep I'll be like, no, you should have kept it
1: and for me that was always like my dream like i want a 64 like even yeah. when i was in junior high that's what we drew yeah you know we would always like man our, our lowrider magazines all yeah. that now it's happening
0: you know what's wild too is that People have turned around and, and that's now an art form. Like the same way tattooing where it was an underground thing, you had to know the muralist to yes. do the mural on the car. He had a small little shop, whatever. Like now you can have multiple people here in town. Yeah. Blast it. Have you ever heard of a dude called Sonny?
1: Um, I've heard of him. Okay. I actually, is it Sonny? I think I went to school with him. Really? Yeah. He tattoos now.
0: Yeah. He tattoos. And he, and does he airbrush. Does, Yeah. Dude, this yeah. dude is next level.
1: So it's, we went to junior high together. I don't know that's if wild. he knows that. Like yeah. I wasn't like the best student. So yeah. I don't know if I, you know, I don't know, but I know we're friends on uh, Facebook.
0: Yeah. But like, that's what I'm saying is like that dude is killing it. Yeah. You can see his work and it's like, that he makes sense. He gets it down. Yeah. Like, I'm
1: like, oh shit. He did that. Like I didn't. I think I knew he was an artist back then. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, shit, he does all the lowriders and yeah. hair brushing.
0: And the murals are wild on yeah. that shit. Yeah, It's like, yo, we get to see that just like they had an old school guy do it before. Yeah. But, like, now it's just, again, it's popular
1: culture. Yeah, same with pinstriping. Like, those yeah, yeah, guys yeah. are legends, the guys that could do pinstriping. Yeah, they are. All freehand. And, you know, that's a craft in itself, there's too. actually. Not anyone could do that.
0: So yesterday at the show, there's a dude who comes, who's like top in town, like Dylan Proctor. And he's, he was actually taught by two other dudes who were like the best in the world.
1: Yeah. And see? So,
0: so this dude has a shop where he just pinstripes all day long. That's does this thing. And like, he's the guy, yeah. you know, that you take your stuff to like, it's yeah. wild.
1: And it's like, man, where do they come from? Is yeah. it like a dying breed or, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. I don't think too many people are onto that. Like No. And dude. that's what
0: I'm saying is like, when that dude walks in the door, I'm like, come see my, come see the podcast that's face. Dope. Like this is, I'm trying to get that dude in yeah. here to, you know what I'm saying? To tell yeah, that story. Dope.
1: Like, and all the guys that I've seen pinstripe are really old. Yeah. So yeah. It does, you don't come around them too often.
0: No. Nah, and that's, you know, we'll see where that ends up at too. But yeah, man, I think, uh, if you don't have anything else to add, bro, I think we've covered a lot,
1: man. That's great.
0: You want to give any shout-outs or anything?
1: Um, No, I just want to say, you know, thank you guys for for having me on. And a shout-out to everyone that's, you know, it is my business. So every customer we've had or, um, you know, I hope we've held up, you know, for you guys. And just thanks for uh, representing the shop or or being a customer. And I'm grateful for everything.
0: Yeah, and we appreciate you, Rat, owner of Fat Cat Tattoo. This has been your story. This is a We Are Sacramento in the Loft production. So...
2: That's oh, it. my yes.
0: bad. I'm fucking on my own podcast. I forgot to ask you my like little important question. Oh, about, yeah. What's it? Yeah. What's your idea of a dope day? Damn, I'm doing bad. Oh,
1: here. Man, my idea of a dope day. So I'm a family man now. Okay. So spending time with the family and, uh, you know, doing something with the kids and the wifey. Yeah.
0: That's,
1: that's a dope day for me. Like, yeah, it is for me, too. I can't take that. I mean, I don't think anything gets better than that.
0: No, nah, I have some good food with them. Kick oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time. I get it. Well, thanks again. Again, this podcast is brought to you in part by We Are Sacramento in the Law.